Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamer, Jake. Hey guys. How are you doing, Jake? It's just the two oh, of us today. It is just the two of us. Getting nice and cody. Uh, cody. What? Cody. We're getting Cozy. all nice and cody. The sweet and, uh, life intimate. of Zach and Cody. Uh, they were the characters, right? Yeah, they were the characters. Never watched an episode, but I know you exactly never, what oh, you're talking about. We've, we've totally just found a difference between our age, I think. Yeah, because you're be like 12 thing. and I'm 25. Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking about the, today? Like, Spongebob isn't as popular as it used to be. Were you a Spongebob fan? Uh, I love Spongebob. The highlights yeah. for me, like, what I remember is when the family would go on a holiday and you go to a hotel with Foxtel and yeah. then, like, from, like, 10 to, like, 2 a.m. would just be Spongebob Marathon. So, that's like, oh, my God, we've got Nickelodeon and we've got Spongebob. Yeah, what was the deal with that? They always used to play Spongebob from, like, midnight till 7 in the morning or whatever. It, it was great. I'd always, you know, oh, get yeah. up for school and have some breakfast over an episode of Spongebob. It was top-notch. But it I just, like, this show. generation doesn't really seem to get the idea of a sponge living under the sea in a pineapple. That's because, you know, they all want cooler stuff. They want them awesome things that I can't <laughs> think of right now. <laughs> they want to play Candy Crush all day exactly. long on their iPad Pro. They just want to play their Minecraft road, and their Minecraft. not worry about other things. Watch like they... some Adventure Time. Adventure Time's alright. I can't hate on Adventure Time. Is that... I haven't watched that, but is that technically a kid show? I feel uh, like well, it's not. It, it's, it, it is and it isn't, I guess. Like, it's on Cartoon Network. Um... And it's kind of like pitched towards kids, like it's family friendly. Like I'm sure it m- must have like a G or maybe a PG rating, but yeah, it's definitely. Well, it's like set in a post-apocalyptic future where everyone's pretty much kind of mutated, so it's got some pretty dark themes. <laughs> Bit okay, of a dark undercurrent. I'm not gonna lie. It's hard to tell with cartoon these days. Like you've got like Rick and Morty, and then you've yeah. got like other stuff. So you're like, what is for what? Is this for adults or for kids? Yeah, I got stuck down a YouTube rabbit hole of Rick and Morty clips today. That's funny you brought that up. Nice. And just pointing out some of the really dark moments. Like, you forget there's times where I'm not going to get down. It, get, it gets really dark. It gets properly dark. Too, more dark than I'm comfortable discussing on the show, actually. Oh. Um, but, Jake, I wanted to ask you, while I've yeah. got you, why we've got okay. this in- little intimate one-on-one podcast we got going. Go ahead. Here. Ask me anything. Ask you. Oh. <laughs> Don't get too carried away. I uh, know. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about Rise of the Tomb Raider, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Because uh, um, I obviously played it like a year ago back on Xbox One, but you've been hanging out for it on PS4. It's now out. Came out just on Tuesday or mm-hmm. last week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've had about a week with it now. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, yeah. It's really cool, I guess, to hop back into the uh, driver's seat of Tomb Raider. Um, I really love the first the first game of the reboot. Yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. That's close enough, um, I guess. And yeah, jumping back into it, it's kind of like, um, I should have like, as I was waiting for it, I should have like read quickly what like happened last time because it's been a while since I played the first one, but I've kind of pieced it together on what I can remember. Um, but yeah, it's solid. It's kind of just puts you straight back into the action and um, yeah, I, I really love it. I'm really like intrigued by the story and even like all the little side quests and obviously with all the DLC and the 20 year celebration edition. Um, and kind of just throws it straight into your main game. So I've just about to finish one of the first DLCs, the, what is it, Baba Yaga? Baba Yaga? Is that yeah, I don't think I've played any of the DLCs. You kind of reminded me that I've got to go back and do that. Yeah, so 
just about to finish that, but that could just kind of like pops up in your main game. It's like, hey, like you've got this DLC and you, we can just add it to the main quest. Do you want to do that? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. Oh, that's pretty sick integration. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so it's just kind of like seamless, which was really, really cool. You don't have to kind of go out to another menu and then go play this mission. It's all kind of within that main story and actually makes sense to the uh, main story that you're up to as well so yeah really really cool i'm like definitely like running around and just collecting all the relics and documents and things that i can do it i think it's definitely going to be one where i'm going to try and complete it a hundred percent um it's definitely one of those games i feel like if i don't explore enough and i don't collect all the things then i'm i'm not doing that game justice so Mm. Um, I felt yeah. the same way. I, what's so great about that game as well is just its overall design, the fact that you kind of you know progress through a somewhat linear area, but then all of a sudden it opens out into this mm. kind of semi-open world and there are hundreds of collectibles. There's a bunch of caves and tombs for you to explore. The challenge tombs are by far like my favorite part of yeah. the game. Um, but you know, you get like you get those unlocks, you get those weapon upgrades, you get like a rope which you can use, or like uh, special bows or special arrows or whatever. Um, they let you access other parts of the game, mm. so it rewards you for kind of backtracking, going back to previously explored areas with your new tools. Um, I just I just love games that do that, man. It's really cool. Like, yeah, uh, kind of makes you. Symphony of the Night was like a classic example of that, but yeah, it's just such such great design. Have you have you done many of the challenge tombs yet? Um, I've done, I finished one off today. I think it was my, like my second or third one. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they're quite good. Cause it like literally like, it doesn't give you any hints at all, no. which I like really like, like obviously you can use like your, what do, what do they call it? Like your instinct guess, yeah, your survival or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Sense or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it doesn't really say, Oh, like here it is. Or oh, you're having trouble. Like come come here it's kind of like oh like you have to actually like use your inner what is she an archaeologist to uh, kind of um yeah kind of like archaeologist slash tomb raider slash, i don't know yeah so you gotta kind of use your own head which i i really really like but um yeah i i remember thinking though and you might be like oh jake i don't know but the first <laughs> the first scene when like you're straight into the snow or wherever mm. they are. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like really tense and everything like that. I was like, damn, this is a great moment. And then I remember you being like that when I was playing the Uncharted series. And I can't remember, was it like three? Uncharted 3 or Uncharted Maybe. 3? Yeah. And there's that train scene at the start. Oh, I, and you have yeah, to get Uncharted up. 2. It's the opening yeah. of Uncharted 2. And you're like, this is the, that's like the best thing ever. But like, <laughs> I was just remembering like what you guys were saying where it was like, it's all intense and it just puts you in there and it's like hard stopping. But that's how I felt at the start of Rise of the Tomb Raider. So I was like, oh yeah, I see where yeah. they're coming from. Yeah. But. And well, like I think Rise of the Tomb Raider does have a very good opening. Like you've got that bear that attacks you, right? And oh, yes. you eventually kind of make your way through the caves to the Soviet airbase or the abandoned soviet base kind of thing um yeah it's got a great opening but come on man uncharted 2 that train scene at the start <laughs> you've got to be joking like that that is yeah. like such an awesome set piece it was like it was cool but when that. you guys were like oh my god like i i was playing it and i couldn't like breathe it was so intense i was like maybe, eh. maybe it's like a time and a place thing because like we played that maybe. at launch where you were played it kind of a number of years later maybe yeah. maybe it's a time and a place i thing. don't know but um, um I, I mean, I could talk about Tomb Raider all day, but uh, if you, That's unless you got more to say, there was something no, else. I, I was going to ask you about. one question. How are yeah. you with a with a bow in Rise of the Tomb Raider? Because I suck. 
Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I thought I was all right. I mean, I wasn't... It's been a while since I played. I can't remember having any particular difficulty. I'm with fine it. with like humans, but when there's like wolves or something like that running at you, I'm like, I can't, I can't aim and shoot for my life. Right. I'd kind of play the dangerous game where I let it get real close to me, so it's a little harder to miss, and then just, like, <laughs> try and nail it and in between the eyes. <laughs> yeah. When the whole screen's <laughs> play, full of it. You play a game of chicken with a wolf. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, I'm I like I obsessed over the bows and arrows. I loved it. I think it's just such a cool weapon for yeah. that kind of game because of the stealth yeah. kind of element to it. Um, it's like in The Last of Us as well when you get the bow and arrow. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, bows and arrows for the win. Uh, but Jake, yeah, as I said, could talk about Rise of the Tomb Raider all day. But there was something else I wanted to talk to you about. We didn't we didn't discuss it last week. We neglected to, although it had released prior to the the last episode. Um, I am talking, of, of course, talking about uh, the Power Rangers trailer. Yes. Uh, well, the, I mean, it's, it's, it's a teaser, right? They said it's it was a, teaser, a teaser, yeah. But yeah. it's like a minute and a half. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a teaser, but it's, it's like a, a solid teaser. trailer. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, they kind of did it's that t- for Rogue One as well. It was kind of like the first trailer, the first teaser was like a minute and a half. It's like, yeah. well, I guess it's right. a teaser because it's like, it doesn't actually really reveal any power ranger thing i think at the like the end scene is them starting to like wear their suits or it's starting to like you know put their suits in them on a really cool way but then it kind of like finishes so i mean that's what a trailer should be though like oh yeah many trailers these days just go into way too much detail about the plot and the characters and reveal all these awesome moments (laughs) exactly batman v superman suicide squad did it as well like they literally repeated the same mistakes i am just naming dc films at the moment there's probably (laughs) a reason for that but uh like even rogue one i think was starting to go a little bit too far like with this this second teaser um Mm. i I didn't need to see Darth Vader at all. I don't think just knowing he's in the film is enough exciting for like is exciting enough for me. Um, yeah, but they didn't really show him too much in the previous ones. Like it's not no. like that last trailer they released. He's in there a buttload. Maybe you like just get that five one seconds, kind of long but, slow shot of him. Like, yeah, but that's the longest the kind of shot we've had so far. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's such an awesome shot. Like I want to see that for the first time, kind of on the big screen. I don't know. Maybe but it's yeah. like to entice the people that are less familiar with Star Wars sort of series as myself. They'll be like, see that trailer and like, oh my gosh, Darth Vader's actually in this. Oh, that's a character I know. Maybe I will see this Star Wars. Yeah, true. Maybe for people that are like, oh, it's just a side movie. It's got nothing to do with what I already know. Yeah, they're just trying to get money out of my pocket. No, they're trying to tell you a damn good story. Let Gary Wooder do his job. Um, anyway, how, but Power how, Rangers, like yeah, how excited are you for Power Rangers? Well... I'm probably not as excited as I think you're going to be. I don't. <laughs> Power Rangers <laughs> I think was I my guess childhood. Right. Well, like it was mine too. Like it played a part in my childhood, but I kind of I was a bit, I, I guess I was a lot younger when I watched it, so I kind of have fading memories of it. I definitely had toys, and I definitely remember playing with the toys. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, like you know the ones where you could piece them together to form the Megazord. Is that right? Yep, I had yeah. some of those. I had like a blue Power Ranger toy that came with like a little gun you could take out of his holster and put it in his hand and stuff. Yeah. Um, funny story, actually. Can I, tell you, can I tell you a story? Yep. Um, sure. So we went on holiday when I was like really, really little kid. I'm probably like five or six, I reckon. All right. um, and I took this blue Power Ranger with me everywhere I went. And as we were leaving this like... Oh, 
hotel or wherever the hell we were staying at we got in the car and we were driving away i was like oh my god mom like i've left my blue power ranger there what's going mm. on what's going on we have to go back and she's like well nah we're already like gone like you know we're not turning back kind of thing <laughs> damn it mom my, you don't understand <laughs> mom was like really against the idea of me like liking power rangers because like i do all the fighting moves and i probably got a little bit too uh, violent for like her her liking so um she was kind of taking the opportunity to be like yes he's lost it ha 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 like no more power rangers <laughs> anyway so for my 21st birthday one of the presents i got was my like blue power ranger like they haven't bought a new one it was the one that i lost and i was like what, what the hell what is going on and mum's like yeah so what actually <gasps> happened is that you you kept leaving this toy out everywhere and then you'd be like where is it where is it and i'd be like it's here i'm picking after up after you she said the whole thing about like power rangers being a little bit too violent so she took the opportunity to hide it from me <laughs> and then she just forgot to give it back oh so, my like, god in like around about like 17 18 like i was bringing up like this power ranger story like quite a bit because it obviously like scarred my <laughs> <It> childhood <traumatized laughs> so she like gave it back when i was 21 i was like how could you you i thought i was like the biggest idiot for losing my favorite toy ever so that probably just scarred me even more what made her fess up like could, could she I not just know. i think it was just because i had like mentioned it so much and i had actually mentioned how like hurt i was that i had lost my toy <laughs> And, and things like that So she, I think she was just like oh, Let's give it back I love that she carried this guilt with her For so long <laughs> that's, yeah, It was pretty funny I mean that's like dedicated parenting I'll, I'll grant yeah, that But fair solid. play it's a, it's a long game <laughs> So you're obviously like Very passionate about Power Rangers there And you, this, uh, this trailer had you pretty psyched Yeah it looks really really cool It looks very chronicle I was going to say that doesn't movie. it just um, with the whole, the media comes down, they touch the media, oh, something changes overnight and then it becomes this big thing. But, um, yeah, I'm really keen. I'm like, I'm, I'm really keen to see how they actually like adapt it and especially not over, not only to like an actual, like, like high produced film, but also like to this modern kind of age. So I'm really interested to see how it goes. Definitely. I will be seeing it in cinemas, but I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not going to go in with, like, high expectations. Yeah, I think I'll, I'm about the same. Like, I'm, I'm going to kind of, like, be fairly sort of reserved to my expectations, but still see it in cinema. Like, I hope it's kind of quirky and kind of campy and just kind of yeah. a bit, you know, over the top. Like, it, it just kind of plays with that. Um, if it does kind of, like, a Transformers kind of route or, Ugh. you know, even if it tries to be as serious as Chronicle, I, I don't think it's going to work out. Um so yeah, I think it needs to kind of like you know just kind of be kind of hip and kind of cool and and just kind of yeah. over the top and I want it to I want it to be its own thing. I don't want it to try and yeah. like take on any like I like of the superhero templates or or things that we've seen from like Marvel and stuff so far. I'm not going to mention DC because that's just going to be the worst thing ever. But um, <laughs> the less we talk like, about it, the better. Yeah, I like for them to do their own thing. Hmm. I agree. Well, on the show this week, we're going to be discussing some more about Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and Battlefield 1 head-to-head. But first, Jake, let's chat about all of Rockstar's recent antics. Because they've been up to no good on Twitter, haven't they, Just? They've been dropping things left, right, and center and making everyone go crazy. Yeah, and they've been doing it late at night as well, keeping games Uh. journalists such as ourselves up. Yeah, can't go to bed. What they've been doing though is is posting pictures on their on their Twitter feed, um, on their Twitter page, their profile, 
whatever the correct lingo <laughs> is. Um, basically teasing what looks to be another Red Dead game, uh, which is obviously very, very exciting. It's got a lot of people very excited. Um, firstly, just on terms of that alone, Jake, are you excited for Red Dead? I have never played a Red Dead game. There's only oh, been one, right? Or two. Uh, there's one? Well, okay, so I'm not... I have played Red Dead Redemption, but I'm not, like, hugely invested in it. I believe there was... There was one previously, and then there was Red right. Dead Redemption. It's uh, Red Dead Revolver. Am I getting that right? It was recently remastered. I don't know. PS4. You're not asking the right person. I should probably. And our listeners, you can't hear. Yeah, that's true. Damn it! Why There's people screaming at? Why their, are we not like, yet doing this stuff, stuff live, where someone can just come <laughs> and just come and like yeah, slap me across the face and say, "Damn it, Ewan! It's the cr- this. That's not the correct name." I but swear, I just need to scroll I... down one more page, and I'll find. it. <laughs> I've, as far as I know, it's like a, a Western version of GTA, right? Essentially, yeah. Like it's, yeah, yeah, pretty much in a nutshell. It's okay. kind of, if you uh, like Rockstar, kind of more or less stick to a similar sort of formula with their games. They just kind of like take it around. Like you'll be a bully in a high school, or you're going to be a cowboy in the Wild yeah. West, or you're going to be a middle-aged man in Los Angeles. Like they always kind of follow <laughs> the same sort of formula. I it is like, Red Dead what? Revolver. I was right. What? No one has the right to slap me. <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> game is the middle-aged man in Los Angeles? And then, uh, obviously, GTA. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind God. of middle-aged, right? Damn, man. Anyhow. I'm just, I'm too slow tonight. <laughs> uh, so, Red Dead is going to be around the corner. Uh, it had the image, the second image posted, had seven figures kind of in the silhouetted against the sunrise, sunset, whatever it is. Um and it had a lot of people thinking, hang on, there's a Western film called The Magnificent Seven. It's a classic Western film. Is this game going to be drawing inspiration of this? Is it going to be like a co-op sort of experience? What's it going to be? Uh, so I thought, how about we throw those questions to us? Like, what sort of rock star take on, the, on a Western would we like to see? What kind of movies would we like to see them take inspiration from? What would our ultimate sort of Red Dead, Red Dead game be? Um, as someone that's kind of from like not so familiar with the uh, the franchise, Jake. I'm wondering what would be of interest to you. Like, uh, how could they sell you on sort of a western western kind of game? Yeah, the only like western film that I can rem- well, it's not really a western film, but the only one that I can kind of keep coming back to in my head is Back to the Future Three. Oh, um, like where this is going. So that kind of brings in this whole like, you know, old Western element with some cool, maybe like modern stuff. Um, mm. w- if anything, it's just a DeLorean. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the kind of the only real Western like that's in my head because I haven't really watched anything else. Like, is No Country for Old Men? That's a Western one, right? Uh, I've not seen that. Couldn't tell. Couldn't tell you. Ah, uh, that's I mean, like a, that's the only one that my friend is like. You got to watch that, and I've never watched it. So I've, I have heard it's good, but yeah, I'm too busy playing video games to watch that many movies. This so is true. Like, you know, I'm gonna watch Power Rangers, obviously, but everything else, like ah, uh, you know, Rogue One, maybe. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Rogue One. Star Wars, blasphemy, blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so I was saying, kind of like going down a similar sort of vein as you, like uh, Western and sci-fi are these two kind of sub genres which are so kind of different but kind of come together so nicely. Like, obviously, Westworld's mm. really popular at the moment. Um, I believe that blends these. I've not actually watched that yet either. Neither. Um, but what I was thinking of was Firefly. I don't know if you've seen seen Firefly. I feel uh, like I've made this no, kind of connection before. I haven't watched it, but I, I've seen it pop up here and there. 
Mm. But that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's like a Joss Whedon sort of show. It was cancelled after one season, unfortunately. It had like Nathan Fillion in the lead role of like a, a smuggler, um, but it was kind of like travelling between pallets, and it was definitely sort of like a, a cowboy sort of Wild West frontier of space uh, kind of theme to it. Uh, that was just really, really super cool, and I'd love to see them kind of tackle something like that. I think that'd be something really different for Rockstar as well. Um, mm. Sort of, you know, working in kind of sci-fi elements. They usually do quite kind of grounded, um, either historical or so like culturally sort of uh, contextualized kind of plots. Um, so like um, cowboys versus aliens. Yeah, like maybe something like that. Maybe it doesn't need to go so far, but, you know, maybe it's kind of cowboys, but they have like hovercrafts and they travel to different sort of planets and there's like different sort of Ooh, atmospheres, but okay, they're all still kind of like deserty and kind of settlement. Like, you know, we've just started. Ex- maybe maybe like maybe the whole game's set on Mars. Um, Ooh. Uh, like amongst a community of like first settlers on Mars. And, you know, there's kind of like gang stuff to form. There's like fight over like limited resources, stuff like that. Like it would kind of be, a Western um, on Mars, I reckon, would be yeah, super yeah, yeah. cool. It would be cool, though, if like the first part of the game didn't actually tell you you were on Mars. So you thought you were like yeah. on Earth the whole time, just in like this kind of Western world. And then you realize that, no, you're on Mars and it's still like maybe the year 4000. But because we've only just gone to like Mars, it's like backtracked in terms of uh technology or whatnot i don't know see but jake it's cool. conversations like this i wish we had in ah. private and didn't record because <laughs> i i reckon we're onto like a multi-million Got dollar right. idea Got right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah man like wouldn't that wouldn't that be awesome the other sort of cool. route i was going down was i don't know if you've seen django unchained at all negative um, arguably not a western i suppose um but certainly again kind of plays on lots of kind of motifs and codes and conventions that are like typical of the western genre um but it's kind of like follows um jamie fox's character django uh is this black man sort of fighting against the sort of repression and the tyranny and discrimination um entrenched in the sort of uh south of uh of america during during the slave era um and sort of taking a protagonist like that and sort of really kind of uh, kind of owning their story, I guess, kind of fight, you know, going through the same sort of fight for freedom that they would, um, I think would make for a really sort of engaging narrative. Um, and I think Rockstar would probably do like a, a story like that quite a lot of justice. Um, that would obviously be very more grounded. That'd be much more sort of in their, in their vein, I think. Um, but you know, like Mafia three is kind of like working on some of these ideas of sort of racism. It follows, um, uh, a lead sort of black protagonist in sort of entrenched with the mafia in uh, in Los in uh, in New Orleans during the sixties. Um, mm. And if if Rockstar would have tried their hand at uh, yeah, like a a sort of um, a black slave trying to fight for their rights, I reckon that would be like a, a really engaging narrative that that would work quite well for them. Um, and it's you know it's kind of themes they've tackled before, so I reckon that'd be something I'd quite like, sort of a Django kind of themed themed kind of Red Dead game. Um, they could um either they that could, or a western on mars sounds good to me yeah they could pull <laughs> some like uh sucker punch influence and and do like a bit of a you can either become like you know the golden kind of sheriff that partic- uh, protect, uh, protects everyone or like the the badass outlaw or something like that yeah too. oh that'd, that'd be, be cool. that'd be really cool but you know, i think there's you know so much rockstar could do with this and it's uh it's getting pretty 
getting pretty exciting. I'm keen to see what we'll they do. To, we'll have to find out. Mm. I like. I do like Shannon's idea though. Sh- shout out to Shannon who uh, is speculating that it's just going to be like skins <laughs> released for GTA Five. Uh, but then this like this morning he suggested how awesome would it be if like they announced that it was just a bunch of skins for GTA Five, <laughs> and then the next day they announced Red Dead. <laughs> that would be that would be glorious. That Did you so um, you know uh, Russia Blood? Uh, Until Dawn Russia Blood, the VR game, right? Yes. That I chat myself playing the other day. I did see that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like one of the developers of the game, uh, Supermassive, gave an interview uh, talking about like sequels or anything, kind of additional content for Until Dawn. And he said that there wouldn't be anything unless there was a rush of blood. And it was like, everyone's like, oh, he's just kind of like not quite kind of constructed that sentence properly when in fact it might have been like a really subtle clue i just find stuff like that like, ah, in the industry yeah. really cool yeah yeah that is cool you, pretty- you, you don't make sense of it until something happens you're like oh i see what you did there yeah exactly but pretty neat um but final topic of the day jake um is uh is that we're entering kind of a shooting period not not a, uh-huh. I don't, a, a period of lots of sh- shooters coming out i guess <laughs> uh and i want to sort of do like a head-to-head like i reckon this is something we can sort of include in in future episodes too like when we've got kind of two games that are coming out sort of in the same sort of time period you know like we could be talking about persona 5 and final mm-hmm. fantasy 15 or whatever like we do sort of head-to-head like which of these games is going to come out on top which looks cooler to us are we going to argue about it i don't know um, but <laughs> Battlefield 1 obviously is out this Friday. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare will be out in just a couple of weeks. I think it's coming out like PAX weekend, which is awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. We're going to have so much time to play that. Yay. Um, but I want to know, in your, in your opinion, Jake, which game looks superior and why? Are you going to get one or both? What are, your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was thinking about this. So by far the more superior looking game is Battlefield 1. Agreed. And I think it's because, like, they've just... Even though, like... How do I word this? Even though we've seen that kind of, I guess, era and things like that in in other games, like, they've just done so well to step away from moving forward into, like, a a, a future setting or anything like that, and they've gone backwards um, and just... I guess really applied this kind of the new mechanics and new gameplays and all the stuff they've learned from the previous games and gone, um, I guess, back to an era where they can really apply all this, I guess, uh, learning and advances that they've uh, made over time. So instead of uh, getting this futuristic game that you're kind of like, oh, yeah, it's fine. We get this you know, like olden or, you know, what is it? World War One era where it's just like awesome mechanics, awesome gameplays, really fleshed out. Because if you think of any game that is around that era, like they were all games that came out like what, 10, at least 10 years ago where we mm. wouldn't have all the like really cool mechanics and gameplay that we have now. Um, and I, in comparison to Call of Duty, like it's just still a bit gimmicky for me. Like they've stepped into the future and it's just like, eh, like you've, like the only things that we're going to see different are just like new futuristic tech that is really the same kind of score streaks and same kind of mechanics we've seen. It's just got a different look to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, like Call of Duty is kind of making kind of slight changes and adjustments, but it does seem to be sort of baby steps, whereas Battlefield really do seem to be making a major change, which I like think is really thing- exciting. 
Yeah, and I think the thing is, if Call of Duty did exactly the same as Battlefield 1, and they've gone back to, like, World War 1, World War 2, whatever that is, but with the sweet kind of graphics, the sweet mechanics that we have now, I'd probably be happy with that, to be totally honest. Mm. Like, it doesn't need to step forward and then introduce all the crazy things we've seen, like the jetpacks and the wall runs. And like, obviously they add layers to your gameplay and they change things up a bit, but it never moves away from being just a little bit too gimmicky. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, like I, th- I think I probably will still get Call of Duty Infinite Warfare just uh, just because it's like a social factor. It's a game I particularly like having on console. Kind of, I just kind of mm. sitting back on the couch and sort of playing with mates. Um, I think it still lends itself quite well to, as a sort of social experience. Um, that being said, I think yeah, what Battlefield One's doing just looks all the more exciting. Um, yeah. I'm a lot more interested in their single player campaign as well. Uh, like a number of years ago, uh, at the release, just after the release of Battlefield Four, um, their campaign had copped a bit of flack, and they pretty much kind of said that you know single player stories aren't what we do best. Like we what mm. we do best is make multiplayer systems, and that's what we're going to concentrate on. Um, so for Hardline, Visceral did the main story uh, in. Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, it was kind of omitted entirely. Um, Mm. Whereas in Battlefield 1, they have obviously opted to do that single-player story or or those kind of missions, I suppose, that campaign. Um, And so that excites me because they've clearly had uh, a strong enough belief in their idea to really sort of pursue that. Uh, So I'm really excited to see what they do there. Like, I I think the sort of... um, What they've shown so far is, like, pretty much... Uh, your character on the battlefield um, will die. Like, it is going to be kind of punishing. Um, you are going to get killed somewhat frequently. And when your character dies, instead of respawning as that same character, you assume the position of someone else on the battlefield. Oh, yeah. That is cool. Uh, so, you know, when your character dies, you see their birth and their death date kind of appear on the screen and their name. And then your player i guess is transported to another soldier's consciousness and you sort of assume their role uh and i think what that does is kind of really capture the sort of grittiness and just the violence of that first world war Mm, um for sure so i think there's they're treating this i think they're treating the sort of historical nature of it quite respectively but in a really sort of engaging interesting way um so i'm really excited to see what they do with that campaign um, but then, yeah, you know, the multiplayer goes without saying, like, we played, I played, a rec- I reckon, 20 hours of the beta, and that was, like, one map, one game mode. So, yeah, it, it is that, it is that engaging. Um, so, I think, yeah, Battlefield 1's can like, a PC purchase day one for me. Um, I'll get Call of Duty on console down the line, I think. Uh, Mate, you got to get Battlefield 1 on um, I PlayStation know, 4. Yeah, Come like, on. I know we talked about this because we want to play together, but it's just it just looks so good on PC. <sighs> I'm sorry. What like I doing? started playing the beta on PS4, and I really enjoyed it. It didn't look that bad. It actually looks, looks and runs pretty decent on PS4. But then so I booted gonna, it up on my PC, and oh man, was it something you're else. Gonna, you're going to trade just good looks for that friendship? Like... Come on, like you could be playing with me. <laughs> and you say it like that, Matt. it makes me sound so shallow. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, man. Bros before hoes. Or I have friends on case, PC graphics. as well. I think yeah, Medi said he was going to get it on PC. That's just Medi, though. That's it's just, just Medi. Ouch. Like, Medi, no, I don't mean listening. it in that way. Don't twist my words. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is going to get on console. That's what you're saying. I'll get it. Sure. I'll get it on console down the line. I reckon. 
But I'm I'm telling you, man, sixty dollars at Target for a PC game that saves me from the d- internet download as well. Like, oh, that's a pretty sweet deal. Although I would like to preload it if I can, so I'm gonna shop around a bit. But um, but yeah, like I'll, I'll get it on console down the line. Don't you worry. I'll just wait for you to get a decent head start, Jake, and then I'll. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever, mate. <laughs> it's probably true, to be honest, though. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I'm glad we're in agreement. Not much arguing there. Battlefield 1 looks super awesome. That's the, that's the first-person shooter, it seems, that we're most excited for uh, in terms of the head-to-head between Call of Duty and, and it. Um, but what I about would, Titanfall um, 2, though? It's a bit of a wildcard entry. Where does, mm, where does that sit on your radar? Uh, not not high at all. Actually, when I, when I went in to get Tomb Raider like, and I pre-ordered Battlefield 1, yeah. the guy was like, oh, do you want to get like, you know, Titanfall 2? And I was like, no. No, I don't. <laughs> I was like, I haven't like I haven't played the first one, and obviously because I hadn't owned an Xbox when it came out. Yeah. Um, but it just I don't know. It doesn't really interest me, and I don't know if that's because the first one like it didn't have a storyline to it, so I wasn't mm. kind of grasped by that idea. Like it just to me, it was just yeah, it's it's like Call of Duty, but you also get to drive big ass machines at the same time. So it wasn't really like. Oh, so I don't know. I'm 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 happy for Titanfall two to kind of uh, come out and draw me in. The more I kind of see from it, but at the moment, definitely not on the list. Mm. Well, uh, when the year's all done and dusted, do you? Like, I mean, we've had so many kind of FPSs released this year. So when when the year does eventually come to an end, eventually it's been a long year. Um, <laughs> like, wh- like which? What's going to be the cream of the crop? Like, what do you think is going to be the sort of game of the year? I guess in the FPS kind of category, like Overwatch, obviously released early in the year, huge success. We've got Titanfall Two, we've got Battlefield One, we've got Call of Duty. Destiny has had a bunch of new kind of content come out for it this year as well. Um, mm. Do you think Battlefield One is going to be the superior one at the end of the day as well? I honestly believe I think it's going to be Battlefield 1. Only because every single other one... I haven't played Overwatch yet, and I know you guys go crazy about it all the time, so (laughs) that may be one I grab later on the track. But, um, yeah, all the other games, like Destiny and even Battlefront to an extent, like, they kind of, like, disappointed me just a little bit. Like, Battlefront disappointed me that we weren't going to get any, like of like the newer movie like DLC or even some of the like the episodes one to three as bad as they are as movies it just would have been nice <laughs> to kind of get some DLC for that you wanted so, to shoot Jar Jar Binks essentially right pretty much yeah. yeah oh my god that would have been the greatest mini game ever um but <laughs> like I don't think battle yeah exactly right I don't think battle for one will disappoint only because I just the hype for it isn't centered around like uh, I don't know how to describe it it's not really like centered around the whole gameplay of it it's just like the idea um whereas every other one it's a little bit more of the gameplay and the mechanics involved and then you get to playing it and you're like eh, I mean like it's all right so I don't know really bad way of explaining it but no I think, yeah, I I think it's gonna saying. be like there's just kind one. of there's just kind of more yeah it's just like more to the kind of complete package of Battlefield 1 I guess like, you yeah. kind of know more or less what you're expecting with Call of Duty, but there's just kind of so many interesting elements to Battlefield 1. Um, mm. It's kind of concept and its setting as being, like, part of that. Um, I agree. I think Battlefield 1, at the end of the day, will kind of look to be one of the best uh, FPSs this year. But I think, like, you've got to give a particular shout-out to Overwatch. Um, 
that game is just a tremendous achievement. It's so well designed. It's reasonably well balanced, in my opinion, as well. Although, you know, I'm not like as entrenched in the communities. I know a lot of a uh, press start uh, uh, team is as well. Um, so uh, I, I think Overwatch has done some some amazing things. Um, personally, I think Battlefield is kind of more in tune with what my interest in the game is. Um, but yeah, like in terms of what. Uh, Overwatch has done is really sort of creating this new hero shooter genre and yeah. establishing that and fully fleshing that out and becoming this amazing sort of competitive community driven game. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of people kind of uh, throwing their nod for potentially overall game of the year towards towards Overwatch. Um, but we'll definitely revisit this uh, in January for our game of the year special. So for now, let's conclude what was episode 74 of The Startcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes or any other podcast service of your choice. Just search The Startcast. Follow Press Start on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and Snapchat and Instagram at PressStartAU, as well as visiting the site, of course, at PressStart.com.au. Join the conversation by tweeting us at PressStartAU using the hashtag, hashtag The Startcast. The hashtag, hashtag The Startcast. <laughs> Still not got into rhythm with that. Uh, I've been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at UNT Roxborough. Joining us today was none other than Jake. Yeah, thanks, guys. And thank Ewan for having me. Um, Always thank, a pleasure. Thank you, Ewan. Thank you, Ewan. Thank you. I it's, think it's just your... your I'm thank glad, you, I'm glad like, our, our brains have just shut down towards the end. Yeah, like, if nice. this had happened Indeed, midway yeah. through, it would have been embarrassing. But, you know, <laughs> chances are everyone's tuned out by now. They're not going to be listening to us just kind of Yeah, they've already skipped down. to the next one. We could really talk about anything right now, and no one's really listening. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore... Jake Barros, B-A-R-R-O-S. I don't really think I've got anything uh, in the in the works in terms of content, but I thought we might as well start shouting out now that PAX is coming up. Mm. We're going to be around there, uh, you know, during that time. So we'll have some content coming out. We'll be there in person as well. So uh, definitely look to our socials and like you and said, uh, follow them now if you haven't. And we're going to be involved with a couple of panels as well. We you can come are. And see us on stage, which still kind of blows my mind that oh, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> someone's decided that's an all right idea for us to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, there'll be more about that announced uh, nearer to the time. But yeah, stay tuned for that. There we're, uh, we're going to be up to some antics, aren't we, Jake? Oh, we are going to get up to all the antics. <laughs> Every single one. Well, thanks again, Jake. And thank you for tuning in. Until next time, happy gaming. Goodbye. Goodbye.